This week on Deep Night. I've always been interested in like people who say they know the future, like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I'm but. also just like there's. I've never called a psychic hotline before doing this podcast. Oh, really? And I was always just really interested in that business. Oh, friends, hello, it's me, Dale Seaver, your late-night companion, your friend with a flashlight, your spiritual Sherpa through the mountainous region of self-discovery. And I'm pleased to welcome you to this hour of regrets and revelations, this time spent together in the other-dimensional space we call the Deep Night. And we come to you at this productive hour between night and day, as we always do, from the foul banks of the Guanas. Oh, how the Guani glistens under the warm, fresh buds of the Pyrus Calariana, the tree that smells sweetly of musk and semen. Yes, spring is sprung over these last few days, and ankles are out, forearms are reaching for one another, and ladies' necks have sloughed off their winter scarves, which now pile in the bottoms of storage bins like the coiled, brittled skins of garter snakes. And I am like that damp, dormant daffodil bulb, absorbing energy of the soil, pulling in moisture, just waiting for the day when I can breach the surface once more, spreading my limbs up and outward, basking in the sun and converting its powerful rays into energy that allows me to realize my full self, my total being. And then, of course, my stems will start to wither. I will grow old and weak, and I will collapse back in on myself, nourishing the soil that gave me life and becoming food for so many ravenous beetles and worms blind with hunger, writhing below the surface. Soon we'll all be nothing once more. But for now, my date book is out, and I have been filling it up with great shows and fantastic conversations here on the program. I've been so busy planning despite the headwinds of the cosmos. My Venus has been soaring around in retrograde and whizzing past Mercury in some kind of astrological ballet that has basically resulted in my gaining a little bit of weight and having to put up with this horrible cold for a second time this winter. I think it's almost gone. Thank you very much for the cards and letters and flowers that you've sent. I hope that my voice has been restored. A cold is a terrible thing, and I still won't get that flu shot, not just because Galinda shared an article with me from one of her holistic gurus from Nepal, but because I, A, don't like needles, and I especially don't like needles at the CVS. I don't like eating the food they have packaged there, because who knows what's going on at the CVS. That's a place of lotions, not potions. You know what I mean? Topical applications only at the CVS for me. I don't know why they want to be a bodega. Just give us the pills and the creams. That's all I require. If I need cereal or milk, well, that's on me. That's on me for wandering into the wrong store. I know where I can get those things. It's down the street. On the deep night tonight, I talk to a person who has really locked into something she does well. Unlike CVS, they're trying to do too many things. That's the problem. No comedian, Farrah Brooks, she knows what she wants. She has a new podcast. And as soon as I heard about it, I thought she's got to come on the show. And we were able to make it happen so very quickly. 
Uh, it was wonderful. She just launched this new podcast called Psychic Hotline, $1 a minute. And it's on the iTunes and other places where you can find podcasts. I encourage you to give it a listen. I know sometimes we talk about things you may not have heard. You may not have read them yet. You don't know about it until you hear it here on this program. And you think, well, my gosh, Dale's on to something once again. He's introduced me to yet another great cultural moment. Well, this is an instance. You can go out now, pause the program if you must, then go listen to her, sh her show, and then you come back. Or better yet, listen to this, then go listen to her. However it happens, it's not a, whatever you want to do. Just go and check it out. It's very, very worth your while. Fairbrook is a talented stand-up comedian who performs every night. Can you imagine? That's the life of a stand-up, ladies and gentlemen. You have to be out there every night. I went out to go see some stand-up the other night. I saw our friends Joe Firestone and Joe Rumrell and uh, Julio Torres and Anna Dresden and uh, Patty Harrison. I saw the whole gang over there at the Bell House. They're taping for their 30 minutes on Comedy Central. They all, uh, Julio and uh, Joe Firestone, both have half hours coming up, and it was so thrilling to see them work out their material over there, over there at the Bell House. It was great. A great night was had, and I met some people over there. I had a fun, a fun time out. It was really great. But back to Farrah Brook. My gosh, she's performing all over. That's where we left her. But uh, Farrah has served as a creative consultant last year on MTV's Girl Code and Guy Code. You remember those programs? We had some people that have been on those. Her YouTube video, Kiss Me New York City, went viral and has been viewed almost 5 million times. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of views. You understand? 5 million. I was lucky you get a couple hundred on some of these things that you put up there on the YouTube. That's great. Kissing people, I guess. Farrah's comedy has been featured in the New York Times, the Huffington Post, Time Magazine, People Magazine, MTV, and more. She's the creator and host, as we said, of the podcast Psychic Hotline, $1 a minute. And her writing can be found published on Reductress, one of our favorites here on the program, and Summy Cards. That employs a lot of comedians. Boy, I tell you that, Summy Cards. We talk a lot about her podcast and also the urge to seek out psychic uh, energies and, and psychics in the first place. And I share some of my own experiences with visitors from the afterlife. Sometimes they come through, folks, and we got to listen to them. We just do. Now, this episode builds on a lot of the themes that we've been touching on all season. I'm pleased to bring this conversation to you now as we go ever further into the deep night for my conversation with Farrah Brooke. Farrah Brooke, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I was so certain this was going to work out. Does that mean I'm psychic? You might be. I might be. Well, this, uh, you know, I've been very involved in the mystic arts and healing energies and all that. So when I uh, uh, discovered your podcast, because Bo and Yang was raving about it, uh, I said, to my rave. goodness, I have to have Farrah in here. So it, it worked cosmically it really uh, did. for you to come in on short notice, and I appreciate it, and I welcome you to our Deep Night Studios, humble though they may be. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, it's always thrilling to, <laughs> to welcome somebody who's uh, investigating something and getting at the heart of it. I really enjoy it. The podcast is called 
psychic hotline, one dollar, one minute. One dollar a minute. One dollar a minute. Yeah. I wasn't sure how to read the slash. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Okay. I was going to say slash. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hooked. So there's been Thank two episodes you. now. Yes. I got to get got to listen to the second one, which I will. And uh, uh, I knew that this was going to be for me, and it turned out to be true. What's Aww, the setup so of the show for those who may uh, have not uh, added it to their podcasting download queue? Oh, you want me to explain yes. it? Yes. <laughs> what are you doing with it? What is it? <laughs> you don't want me to do it. No. Um... I'm calling Psychic Hotline, um, what would you call that? Like psychic Hotlines. Every other episode, I'm going to be calling by myself and kind of try to dig into the psychic's backstory and origin story as a psychic. And then every other episode, like the one I put out today, I'll have a comedian guest come on, one of my friends, and have them call the psychic uh-huh. with a specific question in mind. And there's a little bit of an interview that happens when you call these folks. A little bit, yeah. It starts out maybe one way, they're going to give you the business, but then you'll uh, uh, end up finding out about them, which I I hope to, yeah. And uh, uh, why psychics? I just have always been interested in, like, people who say they know the future, like you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) I don't know about that. I'm also just, like, there's... I've never called a psychic hotline before doing this podcast. Oh, really? And I was always just really interested in that business and how it happens and what it is. So I was curious and I was like, let's just record it. And and so you have. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, the part of why I was so struck by uh, the idea and the uh, wonderful realization of that idea is that uh, you were it comes to you at a, at a low point. You were at a low a place yes. in your life. Yes. Uh, so in, in addition to being intrigued by the business model, you were also maybe uh, searching or something. Yeah, I mean, I always have been the type of person that kind of wanted to have a grasp on what my future would hold. Yes. And that being said, I got engaged at a pretty early age, um, given that life is, you know, you really can't plan much. This felt like something I could have a hold on. And I was excited about it. We were engaged for two years, but it broke off. And I was just in a low place and thinking about what, the future has in store kind of just reshapes your whole idea of what your life is going to be. That was the one thing I thought I knew for sure. Right. So. Well, I'm sorry that didn't work out, but I'm happy that you got a podcast out of it. Oh, what is a (laughs) breakup without a good podcast? (laughs) It does seem that the podcast almost, um, uh, I call it the entertainment of last resort because a lot of times you just don't have anywhere else to go and you'll, you'll do a podcast and try and work it out. Now I've been doing this eight years or something, maybe calling a psychic would have been a faster way to <laughs> deal with my issues. Why but did you start? I had just come out of a, a difficult breakup of a divorce. And uh, I you know, bought a cheap mic and started talking about my feelings and the observations down there by the Gowanus Canal. And um, it just blossomed from there. And I started bringing people in. I said, well, I'm tired of talking to myself and talking about right. myself. Not really. But then I, I said, well, let's have some other people come in and see. And, and in that process, I've discovered a great deal about myself, of course. What about other people? Yeah, I and mean. about our common things that happen to us. Yeah, I feel like I, at a lot of low points in my life, I turn to podcasts. Really? You know, you're just lonely and down. 
and it's almost like having a friend in your ear. I always wanted to have a podcast. I've always been interested in radio and stuff like that, but never felt like I had something to contribute that was different from what was already out there. Right. So when this idea came to me, I was like, finally, <laughs> I Googled it. I was like, someone surely has done this. And I didn't see anything. And I was like, all right, we're doing it. That's fantastic. And, and you know, I, I, I wanted to just express that, that, that I had some similar things happen to me uh, quite directly in that before that marriage ever happened, I was engaged for about a day. So <laughs> you... You understand? You you have you you make the hey. Why don't we do this? Then the next day, ah, uh, not so much. That's a bad thing to do. Yeah, for that's, me it was like the next great. two years. Okay, no, <laughs> so, not so much. But at that moment was that's not when I uh, started the podcast. But long ago, that's the first time I called a psychic. Was at this moment where I had done this thing where I thought, oh, this is going to be the one. And then I thought, oh, I'm 19. What am I doing? I'm too young to make this kind of a decision and to give up a grandmother's ring or something like mm -hmm. that. You know, a lot of factors involved. Did you give your grandmother's ring and then take it we back didn't the get next to day? The, we didn't get to the ring. Okay. It was just at a little cafe in Providence, Rhode Island. And I thought, well, hey, why don't we do this thing? And she said, you're, you're doing the thing I'm thinking you're saying. And I said, sure. And then the next day I said, you know that thing we were talking about? <laughs> So it wasn't good, but I give my love very freely, and I think I, at a young age, we had a tendency to overspend in the love department, overpromise, mm -hmm. and spend, overspend money. I was loose with money, I think, too. I'm a little better about it. But those two factors, combined with the advertisement I saw from Mr. Gary Spivey, do you know this psychic? I've seen the name. So Gary Spivey has one of these. Uh, he's most known for his white afro. It's kind of a sprayed... It doesn't look real, let's be honest. <laughs> okay. It looks as if you're familiar with the Steven Universe animated program. I'm not. It looks like one of these, uh, a cartoon bow helmet kind cool. of thing. Just enough space for his uh, makeup face to appear through there. A southern guy dresses all in white, big belt buckle. I was hooked, so I called. I was at that low moment. Did you moment. see him online or in an I ad? I think he came on TV. Okay. I think this was pre-online. Okay. There was still a dial-up at that <laughs> point. And, uh, but that is a whole other area, too. But, no, I saw him late at night, I'm sure, and I was probably grieving. I was going through some loss and then this love thing. And then I thought, well, why not? And I called. Now you think you're going to get Gary Spivey when you call. Right. You don't get Gary Spivey when you call. <laughs> you get somebody else. You get one of the underlings who is also similarly gifted and through the program. Of course. And we talked, and it was not unlike your conversation where you – I thought, well, let me get to know this person. We're going to just engage – and I don't know, it was an hour or something that we talked, wow. an hour and a half. Not Again, not really realizing not how much this was going to cost. Not thinking about the finances, yes. And then you get the AT&T bill, and you think, oh, my gosh, when you're a young college student or something, you don't have that kind of scratch. How are you funding this show? Because there's a cost associated with yes, it. Yes, there is. I have found, well, I've tried to stick to the $1 a minute plan as much as I could. Yes. I try to keep the calls at the most 20 minutes. <laughs> right. Um, Is that the budget? That's the <laughs> oh, very much so. Very much so. We have a tight $20 budget. And also, I've just found like a lot so far, a lot of deals and like, buy this much and get this much time. And mm. there's a lot of cheap options out there. Now with the internet, I just Google cheap psychics, $1 a minute, and I there's endless sites. Y yes, I'm sure there are. Yeah. You know, I had on uh, recently on the program a, 
a researcher and photographer who uh, has studied for the past 16 years American spiritualism. And that is really the roots. Do you know about that? The two gals up in uh, upstate New York that mm-hmm. started the whole uh, re- religious movement by talking to the dead right. and, and rapping on tables and Houdini was a skeptic and blah, 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 blah. You see ectoplasm and seances and this and that. It's all, yeah. all based on that. Not unlike what's happening now. As long as somebody's getting something out of it and they feel like they can't get it anywhere else, people are going to charge you for it and they're going to exploit it. Right. There's, and like your your hour-long conversation, these people will go on and on because the more you talk, the more they get paid. So I happy. thought that was a fun resource to kind of talk to people. And I'm just curious how these people got where they are. How did they end yeah. up on the line with this and for some of them it really is a deep calling and for some of them it's a side cash gig right right but they also feel like they have gifts or really it's sometimes no listening yeah sometimes you there's such a wide range of people out there and you kind of know immediately when you call if this person is dynamic some i've called and it's a 16 year old right (laughs) Right. <laughs> you know, and that's something fun that I want to explore with the podcast. Of course, it's really great to have a dynamic conversation like I feel like I had in the first episode yeah. with Psychic Emmy. But there's some weird fun to be had with the less dynamic psychics. Sure. Yes. <laughs> I've had that with some guests, too. But uh, now... Um, there's so many questions that I have. Uh, how many of the psychic calls have you made so far? Do you have a lot in the, in the uh, what do you call it, well, in the can, so to right. speak? Right. Um, for the first episode, the first time I ever recorded, I called about eight psychics. Uh-huh. I just had never done it before. I'm recording um, at my friend's apartment, and I just had no idea. To me, I was like, you know what? I'm going to record 10 episodes right now. That's it. That's going to be the whole podcast. So simple. Podcasts are easy. That was my mentality going in. Yes. I quickly learned that podcasts are not that simple. It takes a lot of work, especially with a concept-driven one like this. So I made about 8 to 10 calls, and the one you hear in the first episode is the only one I found to be usable. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, just because I was learning, mm-hmm. I, it, it was an interesting experience. There was an element of fear for some reason calling these people. There is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to start, I was very hesitant and very apologetic in ways and it all comes out all the personal stuff you know insecurities and stuff calling people you don't know and being on the phone with someone it wasn't as carefree and silly as I had anticipated it and And sharing intimate details and hopes and dreams exactly and I still didn't know you know what I wanted to reveal or get into I had some specific questions laid out that I was like, I'm going to ask all of these psychics these questions. And that was, how will Trump's presidency affect the future? Oh, right, um, right. Should my friend Megan get bangs? <laughs> um, I had a few other ones. I thought it'd be fun to have controlled questions. Right, those so, are the, the constants. So yeah, so you can see, see the different <laughs> right. perspectives. Um, and I had a lot of fun with 
a few of the psychics. Some of them were just complete duds, like I'm saying, where you're really getting nothing. People. Yes. Yeah, we're just talking <laughs> about people. Some people are great, and other people are just duds. Exactly. And, you know, too bad. But Yeah, and there were, like, poor connections and oh, yeah. ones where it sounds like they're just on the beach picking up the phone. And it was just really a learning process for me. Yeah. And by the end of that day... I felt like I had a handle on how I wanted to deal with the calls and what I wanted to ask. And I I learned quick, but there was definitely that curve that needed to happen. And what, what number call was the one that you ended up using? It was probably like three or three four. Or it was just, you know, after that one, I was like, oh, that was really fun. Yeah, that's, that well, was... that's how it should be. And I'd actually, I <clears throat> sat on it for weeks probably a month and a half even and I was like none of that was useful none of that was something I can use it cost a lot yeah. and <laughs> it was learning but I'm not going to use it I don't like to hear the sound of my own voice so oh, you have a very nice voice <laughs> thank you You're very nice thanks yeah. but I didn't want to listen to it, it <laughs> I was, understand I procrastinated I understand. for a long time but then once I got the balls to just sit down and listen to it. I was like, oh, that's that's fun. That's cool. Let's just do it. Right. And then I started having guests. I, I realized that day that it wasn't going to be enough just for me to do the calls. Originally, my idea was, oh, every episode, I'm just going to call a psychic. Yeah. And I quickly realized that won't be enough and because you want to protect things uh, yourself or because you uh I just, just thought get it'd bored be by boring. It or yeah, I just thought I thought it'd be more interesting each call with each psychic and it wasn't there enough to be like a full podcast. So mm -hmm. I was like, let's do guests and I realized a fun thing if you're going to call a psychic if anyone's listening and wants to call a psychic hotline, I really yes recommend having a specific question in mind mm -hmm. because they'll just start kind of stalling at the beginning they're like what's your name they're okay one minute later what's your birthday <laughs> one minute later like so if you're just like hi i'm farah this is my question right you save a little money too exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> well uh with them once you start asking questions though they're inclined to keep you on the line but it seems that you have wrestled control i think you set good boundaries oh thank you uh, yeah i think that's <laughs> a good thing to also if you're going to do it also have an endpoint for yourself for sure where you know that that's what i need to get out of this and i'm not going to spend more than 20 dollars or whatever it is yeah i like to do these services where you pick the amount of time beforehand oh i see so I then see. they beep you at like 19 minutes uh, uh, and then uh. they can't just they don't just have your credit card and can roll on forever. Right. You buy that specific amount of time, and then that's what you get. Right. I bet that's a little bit like, um, well, that sounds like buying a massage or something, but I bet it's a little bit like uh, gambling. For where you sure. think, gosh, that first 20 minutes went so quick, I don't mind spending another $20 right? having this nice connection with the person. Do you picture the people? You said maybe they're on a beach or something, but you don't yeah. have images of them. You, you have a picture. Oh, you do. And who knows if that's a real picture. Yes. I mean, I at first I was like, am I going to have legal trouble? Do I need I do ask them, is it OK if I record this? Yeah. But then I quickly realized 
this isn't their real name. This isn't their real picture. There's no real way to put it together that it would be offensive to someone or that how to gain the permission of someone who's that's not their real identity anyway. Right. It's got it's got to be a little bit tricky and you have to balance. I think there's a great sensitivity when you do engage with a psychic, certainly in the real space with their actual name and person. We did a web series with somebody and I, I think. I think she went into it thinking one thing, and it's not that we made fun of her psychic abilities, but she had a pattern of speech that became kind of the thing that we picked up on and made or a little light of it or something or used it as the rhythm because there's only so many times you can say flow in one <laughs> sentence, and she managed to cram it in there. And uh, <laughs> hundreds of times she was saying flow. And so we just repeated that, but I think she thought it kind of undermined her. Self, but Aww. I think she had some other things going on with her life. So yeah, I mean, like I said, there's well. such a range in the people that you can meet in this world. Yes. Um, I'm definitely learning that. And I do want to be sensitive to these people. I in no way am at, feel that I'm trying to, like, prank call them or, like, make fun of them. Although sometimes that just happens naturally if they're really right. wacky and out there. But... You know, I was like, this is a fun way to have a conversation with someone I never would have talked to otherwise. Right. I always was kind of interested in, oh, should I interview my neighbors? Should I do people, you know, I always wanted to talk to people I didn't know and just kind of like hear about their life. So this was like a fun context to get to do that. And you have the advantage, though, with doing that, with uh, call-in psychics who, some of them, as you'll find, have a performative gene to them and have an ability to carry on a conversation, which is probably what makes them a good one. And not all neighbors and not all friends are, not all comedians, quite honestly. And not all psychics, (laughs) for sure, but they do say, like, if you dig into the websites, this is entertainment. Yeah, yeah. But that helps in the conversation is what I'm saying. Absolutely. It's like you go around and just talk to the plumber, and sometimes they don't have anything to say. Right. It may be an intriguing idea, but actually carrying on the conversation, you realize, oh, Very okay. true. Very true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I also think, for me, I've gotten better with the money. I think I've gotten better with the love. People get better as a person as I've gotten older. <laughs> so much older. But... Um, I think I'm still an easy mark, and I think it's still the reason that I get uh, stuck with jury duty, because I can't lie to the people when they ask me a question. You know, they say, well, are you, you have the capability of uh, telling the truth or, or discerning the truth or, or making a fair judgment. Yes, I have that capacity. Of course I do. Other people are like, oh, I yeah, once wrote honest. in a, I'm too honest, and mm-hmm. I trust too much. Not even so much that I trust in... Um, uh, you know, psychics necessarily, but I trust in uh, having a conversation. I trust in the connectivity of people, that people enter your life at a certain point for a reason. I believe in that. And then you have that conversation. So regardless of the I'll tell you how you're going to meet your future husband kind of stuff, there's just that I am at a point where I need to have this conversation and you are the person that the universe has provided at this moment. Whatever I get out of it, even if you're on the subway or something, you run into somebody and that gets folded into a comedy bit. Everyone we meet has that. There's reasons yeah, we don't meet all absolutely. the other people. Absolutely. And a lot of times I think people do call these psychic hotlines because they just need somebody to talk to. Exactly. And yeah. the psychics know that too. 
Sure. Yeah. yeah. And it helps their bottom line, so okay. Absolutely. Now, you grew up in Long Island. I did, yeah. They've got a medium out there. Oh, they sure do. You know anything Teresa. about her? <laughs> I don't know anything about her personally. I've I don't ass- the show. I don't assume everyone in Long Island knows. No, but I definitely, <laughs> there's definitely like some degrees of separation yeah. for, you know, a lot of people and many people in my town, that's... That's really who they are, not the medium part, but yeah. the rest of her personality. And I've seen mostly every episode. My whole family <laughs> loves it. I mean, we cry, we laugh. It's Sometimes. it's a show I really, really love. It's quite non ironically. Yeah. Well, she also has a distinctive hairdo, like the other side. Yes. Do. That's kind of part of it. You need a look. I was just gonna say, you have to have a hairdo. You have to gonna, have a hairdo. If you're going to read people's futures or talk to dead people, the hair better be on point. Hair has got to be there uh, (laughs) in place and uh, ready to go. That's what I try to do with my stuff, too. But, you know, it's not quite as extreme. Today, it's a kind of casual look. So I'll show you a picture later. I'm a big fan, yeah. I had a friend who worked on the show. Oh, really? On the production side. He tried to ruin it for me. I was not hearing it. Oh. I was like, I don't want to know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to know. I want to know about secret note cards and Google searches. I was like, dead people are all around us. That's that's the end of the story. Don't that's, tell me that's anything. That's all I need to know. <laughs> Did you have any experiences like that with the paranormal? I have had a paranormal experience. Well, I share think. it with us, Farah. Well, when I was in college with my ex fiance. Yes. We were up really late at night. We were in his old apartment. It was kind of down by Orchard Street, not mm-hmm. too far from where we are now. And it was, we had friends over. It was after a show. And then they all left. And we were sitting on the couch. And we both just kind of, it may be reaching like two in the morning or so. We both had this weird feeling. And I got really scared all of a sudden out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I looked up at him and he had tears coming down his eyes. This is like, I feel like I'm making it up saying it, but <laughs> right. this is what happened. Yes. And I was like, what's happening? And he was like, I see someone like over your shoulder. Like I see someone. And I was like, I feel like, I was like, I feel like, and I had never had any experience like this before mm-hmm. or believed in this type of thing. And I was like, I have this sense of like a mother and daughter. And he was like, and I feel something on my shoulder. And we were just going back and forth. And like, we both were feeling, sensing, seeing the same thing. And I was like, I don't want to be afraid of this, but I am. Right. I'm deeply scared right now. And he was like, all right, we have to go. So we get up and go. We're going to go to my apartment. And we're walking down the stairs, and I'm just like, I'm seeing people on the stairs, like sitting on the stairs, you know. And it's not like seeing, but it's it's a mix of seeing, sensing, and it was just so scary. And we're like going out really quick, and we get back to my apartment, just spooked. Like we took a cab, we're just fully spooked out we both kind of just saw this same image of a woman in the bathroom that was behind my right shoulder. And we're just freaking out, freaking out. 
And I'm like, there's something on those stairs. There were so many people. I felt so many energies. I was like, we have to look up the building. It felt like a tenement right, to me. Right, right. So we looked it up, and it was an old tenement. And one of the first pictures we saw oh were on the stairs that people were living on the stairs. Wow. And that's how tight in the building they were yeah. that, you know, you'd have a stair, and that was your little apartment. So it was just a bizarre experience, and I haven't quite had anything like that. But I felt like, oh, I have all these realizations now. If you really break down your guard, I was like, there's spirits all around us. We're just guarded to it to protect ourselves. If you really take down that guard, which I felt had happened kind of by being really tired in the middle of the night, you'll you'll be more open to these spirits and be able to see them. And I don't recommend it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know what you're saying exactly. I feel like I, even going to, I passed the sign for a psychic last night, and I thought, oh, maybe I'll go in in advance of our conversation. I thought, no, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to open those floodgates to being that responsive and that open to things. I already have a tough enough time getting through the day feeling everyone's energy here and there. Me too. I'm it, really, I have tried to grow you know out of that as I get older because I'm just very empathic like I pick up on people's energy and it becomes my own mm -hmm. so it's a lot to take in and I was like I'll remain guarded because I don't want to see ghosts and I don't want to do this and I think that's for the best <laughs> they can peek through at those moments when uh, you need it or need them mm -hmm. or you are letting your guard down maybe inadvertently or something like that, then they're fine. They want to come and visit right. at that point. But, yeah, all the time. I can't imagine it. Were, did they have clothes? I'm always fascinated by the clothes of the ghosts or I the mean, spirits. Yeah. I. It was like a almost like a nightgown-type yep. dress. Um, and Very popular. Really? <laughs> I mean, it's so... It's such a weird thing to think back on and tell the story of because I am listening to myself being like, that is ridiculous. This is that ne like that didn't happen, but that's what happened. And he'll that's tell you the experience. same. I, I, I'm on board with it. So you don't <laughs> have to worry about. It. And in fact, the psychic you talked about uh, talked about her early years. A lot of seeing, them do. Uh, seeing. And I also had that experience. Uh, my, my room as a child was in the same room with the stairs to the attic. That's not a great idea for anybody considering right. that an older house. And my grandmother had died uh, when I was about two or something didn't really know her but we were linked in some way very phenomenal person and I got up one night maybe four five years old something like that and there above the staircase was her head just floating there I just got the chills it's 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 it was uh, I could draw it for you mm -hmm. it was so distinct and kind of a green energy not threatening in any way a few uh, years later, or a few months later, the, all the teddy bears that were next to the, the bed started winking and blinking and doing, I don't remember if they were singing or what. That stays with you, yes. those things. They're not just hallucina hallucinations. They're not just uh, tricks. I, I believe those things happened. <laughs> I believe that, too. There's too many people who have these experiences. Yes. Now, I will tell you one other story. Please. I like this. With a tangible object that I cannot explain. That I may have explained. Maybe I've told the story on the, on the show. I can't remember. But uh, 
my mother had passed when I was uh, 1920, around that same time that I called the psychic, Gary, but not Gary. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she had given me fishing lures and things over the years. That's just important to know for later. So I was going through a time, and I'm thinking, just give me a sign that everything's okay. I want to know that everything's all right with you. I, I, I don't feel that connection. And we were very close. I'm an only a child. So, uh, you know, I have a stack of T-shirts and underwear in the, sh in the closet. One goes through that kind of a thing fairly frequently. Right. At least I do. Yes. Maybe others don't. <laughs> but you would know if something's in there. So the day or so after I asked for this sign, I go through and I pick off a T-shirt or a pair of underwear, whatever it was. I think it was a T-shirt. And there was one of the fishing lures that she had given me. Wow. Now, how do I miss that over the years that I lived there? in that apartment. Right, and doing how would laundry, it end up right in there? Right there, so soon after. Even if it wasn't something paranormal, it happened at exactly the moment I needed it to. That's beautiful. So that's a good thing. It's just like, how would the fishing lure end up in that specific location? Exactly. And with hooks and things, I would notice. Right, of course. I couldn't wear a t-shirt like that around all day. Wow. Anyway, maybe I should get a little call-in center. I think so. <laughs> I I surely do all these calls, and I'm like, oh, I could do this. <laughs> it's a big uh, recruitment for the uh, companies that run these things, isn't right. it? Right, yeah. Uh, but you, you had a good childhood out there in Long Island. Things I, are okay? Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. good, you know. Long Island is... It's an interesting place. But <laughs> <Yes. laughs> well, I was intrigued. You described yourself as an artist repeatedly in the conversation with the, with uh, the psychic. Right. In the first episode, do you define the comedy practice as your artistic practice, or were you talking about something else? Yes, I. Okay. I like to consider um, stand-up comedy an art form that I'm exploring. Absolutely. And um, I play with that in my stand-up act, and just. You know, it's. I also went to art school. Um, it's kind of a play on people who take themselves very seriously. Um, but I did call myself an artist a few times in that episode, and I deal with the upcoming episodes. I play around with what do I want to tell them mm -hmm. versus what I want them to tell me. Just um, to see what the response, yeah. how the responses would change. I don't want to call every person and be like, I'm a comedian or I'm, right. you know. That'll define the conversation a little bit anyway. Exactly. Although I did have a psychic this past weekend who was like, I'm picking up on laughter and you're funny and all the and this. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Uh, what, what did you study, though? Acting. Acting. Yes. Oh, okay. The art. The art of, of theater. Good for you. Well, well that you comes said in you handy. did pottery, right? Pottery. What yes. did you say? Yeah. Sculpture. <laughs> That's right. Well, I did some mold making there. Yes, uh, in my later years, some uh, continuing education at the Rhode Island School of Design. Just uh, oh, fascinating fun. stuff. Fascinating stuff. And I dabbled in a little theater, some avant-garde stuff. don't we stuff. all? We don't just we do all. it. We do it. Now I'm hooked on all the stuff, crystals, energy work, healing. I, I I had my aura photo taken. Did you have one of those? I haven't done that yet. Oh, I it's, should. It's, it's yeah, great. I mean, I grew up in Long Island very much around the community theater world. My mom was the oh. choreographer. And hey. I'd be hanging around all these weirdos all the time as a kid. And 
you know, she would take us into the city to see Broadway shows a lot. She was just completely obsessed with musicals. She's like Bob Fosse. Did you watch all that jazz a lot? <laughs> of course. And, you know, our living room was, the wallpaper was just playbills. Oh, playbills. Wow. So it was a real theater You had to go family. into acting. I had to try. <laughs> so what shows did you do? I did, you know... In high school, I did a lot of shows. I was yeah. Millie and Thoroughly Modern Millie. Yes. I did all the classics. And also the gun. leads. This Let's be good. clear. Let's yes. be clear. Um, <laughs> I will underscore that. Yes. When I got into college, though, I was very serious about wanting to be a Shakespearean actor. Oh. I was like dead focused on Shakespeare. Very lucrative. Which, Oh, yes, yes. yes. Very realistic <laughs> career path. Yeah. And um, there's a lot that Shakespeare talks about, ghosts and spirits and stuff like yeah, that. And yeah, I always thought that was fun. Uh, and did you do any? Ghosts and spirits? No, no. <laughs> Not professionally. You never no. did any Shakespeare stuff. But you had a calling for it, a gift? I don't know. I wouldn't say that. You just, just liked the ghost Just a interest. Mm -hmm. I thought I was very serious. <laughs> <laughs> I have to uh, say, did you grow up with a church of any kind? Uh, no. We, I was bat mitzvahed. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Um, but we weren't a religious family. Yeah. And some of my friends were, and I was always kind of envious of that. But we belonged to a Reconstructionist temple at one time oh, yeah. with a gay rabbi who played the guitar. See, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I can't do it. I I don't even mind you know, like the conservative we, church part of it. It's just the progressive part. I can't do it. It's we were never very committed, and it was when I was a kid, I was I told I, I had some friends who were religious, and I thought that was really cool. I would have this Jewish star necklace, and I would tape it to my chest during gym class or this. I was con I was very into religion, and I wanted my family to be more religious than we were, and. Yeah. I took it very seriously. Then I got bat mitzvahed, and I remember I was sitting there at the bat mitzvah on the stage, and I just had this realization, oh, this is bullshit. This is just, <laughs> this is nonsense. And right after that, I completely lost interest and had no connection at all to religion. And you don't have any kind of a, a practice no. now. Yeah. It's too earnest, I think, what is what it comes down to. Although I'm happy to go to Berkeley and buy a $40 crystal from an elderly woman. I love crystals, too. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. It's also expensive. It is. It's a lot. I think we used to have quartz in our backyard, but she's telling me, People okay. give me crystals now. Oh, that's how I like see, to acquire them. that's how I have, to get, I have to get there. I, Friends. I don't, people, listeners need to start sending me other things. Yeah, please send crystals. <laughs> I gotta wash it. You have to wash the crystals. Do you do that? I don't. I I haven't. Honestly, no. I'm not deep into understanding the crystals, or I ha I know people that are way more into it than I am. At this point, it's just like, oh, I like the energy of this. I'm gonna put it on my windowsill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, I was told that you have to. It absorbs the stuff, and then you have to. Wash I know it, there's a lot of a practice towel. around it. Maybe this podcast is going to throw me more into that world. Oh, Honestly, that be something? I'm not that, like, people come onto the podcast and they're like, oh, you really believe this stuff. I'd say I'm very much a skeptic. Yeah. I'm not really into this world or deep into 
the practices and the stuff like that you seem to be into. Well, I'm interested yeah. in it for sure, but that's not the place I'm coming from with this. I wasn't before, but then I suddenly, uh, uh, you know, I met my wife who's an energy healer and really set me on the path. I mean, I have been intrigued by it over the years. For sure, me too. But uh, now I'm fully immersed and it's quite fascinating and I'm learning new things, even just talking about it. It's fascinating. But you combine some elements from that sort of larger healing network in a comedy enterprise with the prisms. What is it? Prism Horizons. Prism Horizons, which is what, a kind of a mock healing company? Yeah, it's like a business coaching. Like a life coach kind of a deal? Yeah, that... They incorporate healing and you and, and Blair. Kind of, yeah, me and Blair Saki. Saki, uh, you you play characters Gail and Linda. Linda, mm-hmm. and it's quite funny. But Thank you draw you. on some of these uh, a lot of videos and things that people can go online and check out. For but sure. You, yeah, you, we have videos. Um, plenty of videos. Videos and there's <laughs> videos we pulled from that inspired us of people who are like, you know, not just the power of now, but all this stuff around. I'm going to coach you to your best life. Yes. Well, I'm it. interested in all that in like a genuine way. And me and Blair, we connect a lot in our friendship over a genuine passion for self-care and, you know, being the best you can be and reading books about self-help books and that type of stuff. We have a genuine interest in it. And then we also see a lot of humor in it. Right. You have to. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> There's not the answers aren't there necessarily. And some But again, people, somebody's making a buck off of exactly. it. Exactly. And yeah. you know, there are definitely so many gifted people out there, but then there are also a lot of hacks. For sure. Now but generally you say you're a skeptic probably. I largely I definitely lean towards that. S- some of this is influenced or will continue to find its way into your comedy. Mm-hmm. And you do uh, incorporate it, or I no, I haven't yet. incorporated anything about the psychics yet. Yeah. But generally, some but of generally these a lot of I talk about art and yeah. the power of it, and that I believe in, you know, laughter as the best medicine. Yeah. So I really hope you know that the audience can heal the UTI that I have. <laughs> Right. Um, you know, right. Right. just a, pl- you know. There's something about growing up in a creative household that really <laughs> ticks, fucks with you, t- yeah. <laughs> if you will. Yeah, really tick some of those th- uh, things in a person that you, sure. you respond to. Yeah. It's not unlike living in a place like San Francisco where you suddenly reject recycling. Oh, I wish <laughs> I wish I grew up in like Silicon Valley and got really into tech and computers mm. and stuff. I feel cursed by this. Uh theater gene ah my grandma was a traveling tap dancer in wow. her day yeah wow yeah i forget the name of the group i i want to say like the golden girls but that wasn't it that yeah. wasn't it um but you know she, she definitely wanted to be an artist if she got to live out her dreams yeah it sounded like she was she was uh, able for to, a bit of time yeah, yeah. That was in her later life. She was out there. Tech? No, no, no. Yeah, a young person younger tapping. before she had kids. Yeah. Gosh, that see, that's a dream. Yeah. That's somebody <laughs> following up on a dream. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I wish I, you have a little case. Right. In your shoes. 
Oh yeah, and you I load have this picture of them. They're you know in gold dresses, and it, there were three of them, and just three girls. And apparently, they'd go you know to the Berkshires and um, all around. I wish I knew more about it. Well, you're gonna have to research that for sure. Yeah, there must be a nice. I'll have to show you the picture. Yeah, there's got to be a playbill or a poster from that. That's for sure, be out there. Yeah. Um, well, do you find that uh, through this, I was saying you you consider yourself a skeptic, but do you f- consider yourself a seeker, a searcher? For sure. Yeah. And do you find any of these conversations, as funny as they may be, as productive as it may be, to all the other things that you're doing, do you find that it's reassuring? In some ways. I mean, in the conversation with Emmy in the first episode, she did hit my heart a little with some of the things she said (laughs) and she had a sense of things even based where I hadn't said much where I was like oh maybe maybe she's right maybe you know (laughs) there is something I I think I'm gonna have to do more calls to get a real sense on that yeah and but I, I, I'm a seeker. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I want to know. I'm curious. I, I, I'm a skeptic, but part of me believes enough to be doing it. Well, you don't need any advice from me, but can I just Please. offer one thing? I'd love Which it. is that now, after the first episode, I'm sure after the second episode as well, and I'm eager to hear what the guests contribute. But now I'm also invested in your life as yeah. a character on the show. So if you give that up completely, I'll be a little sad. Right. Because I'm... I want to know some of the things... That you're, as a seeker, as somebody who's, whatever you're seeking, I want to know that you kind of get it or get at it or that it offers you something over the course of this process. Well, I'm really glad to get that advice because I've, you know, as I do have some episodes in the can and I've been contemplating what I want to put out and what I don't. And for the next episode, um, next week, there is a very personal conversation where I draw on my own life and I say, you know, I just had this phone call with my ex and he wants me to come visit him in Colorado. Should I? And that's what the conversation is based on. Yeah. And I, you know, and I'm grappling with, is this too personal? Uh, You know, and I don't get into any details and it gets wacky and silly. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think it's, you know, and that's what I thought when I started the podcast. Oh, I'll have questions as time goes on that I want to ask. And I think it is fun to get a little personal and reveal yourself in that way to the audience. Yes. And it does, as I said, it sounds like you have good boundaries and good right. boundaries. Right. And that's setting. why I brought so, up the breakup yeah. in the first, yeah. you know, in the intro. And I think a lot of people are like, are you going to do characters with these people? And so far, it has really just been me. That doesn't work. Yeah. In my experience. <laughs> I And I am happy to take the advice yeah. of someone with that experience. Um, in the episode I put out today, the guest asks how his relationship is going to unfold. He's in an open relationship. Uh-huh. And he wants to know, you know, has she slept with someone already and all this stuff. The psychic tells him that immediately. For she speaks with her great-grandmother Betsy. She's not the psychic. She reads through I see. She's Betsy. channeling. She's channeling yeah. Betsy, and she tells him immediately, no, this isn't going to work. This relationship's not going to work. No, no, no. Three days later, he got dumped. 
There's something to it. There's something to it. We ask the questions because we know what the answer is. Right. In a sense. Right. Well, I'm fascinated by it. And the other thing that you have going on at the same time is the Harriet thing. Yeah, we just just... had a show last week. We raised a lot of money for the ACLU. Um, Is that the tap dancing grandmother? No, that's that's my other grandmother who's still with us, Harriet. Harriet is named after her. Yes. This is a... You are what a production um, <laughs> company for this, or it's uh, an event it's that you do. It's just a show that me and Blair have produced. We used to have it weekly at a bar called Hi Fi in the East Village. Sure, yeah. and now it's more of like, you know, we do it every few months to raise money, and it's more of a big show that we blow out and get special guests and stuff to come on, and. It's really fun. We had a great show last time at Littlefield. The one before that was at Joe's Pub. Yeah. So we really blow it out and try to make it just a fun event for everyone. And at the last show, I called my grandma in the (laughs) opening. And I was like, I don't know how this is going to go, but it was such a hit. Everybody loved her. Yeah. She badgered me about visiting her in Florida. Which at least do. three to five times, <laughs> which was very true to form of how our conversations go. Right. So I don't know when the next one will be, but keep an eye keep, out keep for that. Eye out for Where can generally uh, people find out information about you if they wanted to do it, if there's seekers out there? If there are seekers, I think the best place is to just follow me on Twitter. There you go. At Farrah Brook, also on Instagram. It's just my name on all platforms. So Easy. check out my Facebook or Instagram. Totally. Or- <laughs> stuff like that but most importantly check out the podcast check out the podcast and subscribe to it rate yeah. and review it oh do what please. you need to do get it up there um i've enjoyed speaking with you I've and really i wish you all the success with, with it thank you so much okay thank you well isn't it something yes farrah brook i enjoy her and her show greatly psychic hotline one dollar uh, a minute, download it. She ha- it doesn't cost that much to download, incidentally. It's free. It's free to download. That's just the name of the show. She has such a reassuring voice. Do you find that? Maybe it's just me. Reminds me of the voices of my childhood. Women going through difficult times as I sat in the back of a frame store where my mother was employed. I learned a lot about relationships in the back of that store, I tell you, a lot. And if you've had experience with a psychic, let me know. Won't you send me a note here at Dale Radio at Gmail or send a direct message on Instagram or Twitter. I'm always there and I'm happy to respond and I'm curious about uh, your experiences. That would be, I'd be keen to find out. Maybe we'll use your letter on the program. I think I'd be a good phone psychic, honestly. Uh, maybe I should try a phone podcast. What if that were a phone cast? A phone cast? Well, we'll see. I have to consult the psychic and have her tell me what she thinks. Thank you for tuning in, and my thanks to Farah for being here as well. Now, our next live show is happening on May 10th at the Slipper Room in New York City. I'm telling you now so you can get tickets in advance. You're not going to want to miss it. It's a good one. Um, in advance of that conversation, maybe go out and get the book that uh, one of our guests has written, David Letterman, The Last Giant of Late Night, because we'll be talking with Jason Zinneman, the New York Times columnist who wrote the book, along with Ike Ufamadu and Maeve Higgins. That's three delights. Plus a fourth, Cornelius Loy on the theremin, as always. Now, till next time, although this night is ending, a bright new day 
is just ahead. Deep Night is written and performed by James Bewley with production assistance from Harvest Works in New York City. Music throughout each episode is provided by the amazing talents on the artistic roster of Howler Hills Farm in the great state of Ohio. Deep Night theme by Zach Gabbard, Season 9 podcast icon and logo designed by Samantha Mash. Download episodes directly through DaleRadio.com or subscribe and review the show on iTunes. Also available on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Follow Dale on Twitter at Dale Radio or Instagram at Dale Seaver for behind-the-scenes peeks into the production of the show and the life of Dale Seaver. Thank you to all the subscribers and supporters of this program, and thanks to you for listening.